0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Dynasty Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Coach Dylan, along with Coach Charlie. Uh, Coach Nick is not going to be with us this week. We'll have him back next week. Um, so we got a good show up for you again. Um, we're going to go through some just one news item, um, and then we, I got a game for us to play. It's called Guess That Player. I'm going to give you five uh, five stats. You can take a guess on uh, each each hint that I give you. Um, and then see if you can get it and then we'll talk about that player. And then uh, we're gonna talk about how much age influences our opinion on trades and uh, dynasty startups. And then uh, we're gonna also talk about uh, how much a player coming off of a season ending injury impacts uh, your decisions. And then I got uh, three more trades for you so we will uh, we'll do that also. so it's gonna get right into it. Um, really only news item is Rob Gronkowski retires again. Um, do you think he's gone this time or if the Bucks are making a uh, run at the Super Bowl, do you think that uh, he'll be back?
1: Yeah, I mean, we can't really rule anything out. I mean, especially even on Twitter, Gronk said he'd come back if Brady gave him a call. You know, because you know those two have had such a close relationship over the years, dating back to the days in New England. So, yep. I think anything's possible. But for now, he's out of the game, and this really opens things up for Cameron Bray. Plus, uh, let's not forget they drafted Kate Otten. Yep. I believe in the third round, window, which isn't insignificant. So, we could see a lot of opportunities for both both of those guys.
0: Yeah, that was my next question: was which one do you think steps up? I mean, Bray's got the rapport and the trust of Brady. Yeah, uh, my my guess I, is him, but this kid. I would put, be. I would put my money on that as well. So I I, I
1: agree. Completely.
0: Yeah. yeah, Brady seems to. Uh, that takes a little bit to gain his trust. So as a receiver, so, um, that's really the only the only news and note uh, that uh, we have here. Um, so let's go ahead and get into guess that player. All right, so I'll give you. Uh, what position it is. The first one's going to be a wide receiver. Okay. So, the first 10-tier, um, he's received 140-plus targets in two of three career years. will take a guess. been there for three years. Uh, I
1: think about 30-year receivers. And really putting me on my game here, meaning, <laughs> I'll give you the next one here. Yeah.
0: He's a new quarterback in 2022. He's a new quarterback. Okay.
1: Deontay Johnson?
0: There you go. Good guess. Okay. Uh, my, other three, my other three hints have been had had 1,000 yards for the first time in his career last year. Uh, team location starts with a P, so I think you probably got that one. And then uh, had a future Hall of Fame quarterback in the previous years. But let's go ahead and talk about him. Um, You know, even with mediocre play from Roethlisberger the last couple years, Johnson has been a target hog and pretty much a fantasy stud. Um, I know that the knock is is he's not going to get as many targets, but, I mean, why can't he get as many targets? I mean, Deontay Johnson – or Chase Claypool, we know what he is, kind of. He's, he struggled in his sophomore year. Um, Najee has been rumored to be taking a step back a little bit, so he's not getting hurt, and George Pickens is a rookie. He might struggle, so what do, what do you think? Yeah, I mean,
1: the downgrade in QB isn't really as significant or it may not even be significant at all, considering, you know, for the last year or two, he basically had the the rotting corpse of Big Ben under center. Mm-hmm. Um, so having you know Kenny Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky whoever ends up you know ending up under center isn't really as big of a deal as people might make it out to be <sighs> kind of like I, I said this before on the podcast it's kind of like an Allen Robinson thing where the player can succeed regardless of the player under center so I think Deontay Johnson is kind of in that same boat where no matter who ends up being the quarterback to start the year for throughout the whole year for the Pittsburgh Steelers Deontay Johnson is going to get his
0: I agree. I think, uh, I mean, he's clearly the number one. I don't think uh, Pickens or um, um, Claypool has a chance to challenge him for that number one spot. Um, I just think that's who he is. I think that he's somebody that gets open and commands a lot of targets. And I mean, I think that either whoever it is, Trubisky or Pickett, is going to kind of lean on him to because uh, he's proven he can do it. He's proven he can be he can be that stud, the reliable target. That you can just pepper with targets all year long. So um not to mention Juju Smith Schuster and James Washington are gone also. So right. there's uh there's quite a bit of targets to be made up in uh in Pittsburgh. So um let's go ahead and move on here. My next guy is another wide receiver, okay? All right. Um, has received 130 plus targets, only three of his six careers. Six. Okay. Yep. He's on a new team this year.
1: Okay, on a new team.
0: Um... He has topped a thousand yards in four of his six seasons.
1: Top the thousand. It's not a new team this year. I always overthink these. <laughs>
0: um. He's been a number number one overall receiver. He has. Yeah. Hmm. can't be Adams, can it? No. Uh, And he had 267 rushing yards and three touchdowns in his rookie year. Oh,
1: Tyreek?
0: Yeah, Tyreek Hill. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Hill, he's been a top five receiver twice in his career with 140 or less targets. Um, And then a top 10 receiver with 105 targets. Um, Right now... The big complaint is uh, well, he's got a downgraded quarterback from Mahomes Tua, which is a valid complaint. Um, wide receivers switching teams don't have a great first years with their new team, and uh, Jalen Waddell uh, is there to share targets with. But, uh, I mean, we've seen, we've seen a lot of receivers struggle their first year, but usually the ones that uh, – are your legit stars in the league? Don't don't take that long. I mean, prime example is Stephon Diggs. Whenever he went to Buffalo from Minnesota, I mean, he had a he had an unbelievable year in his first year in Buffalo. So, what's your thoughts on Tyreek? Do you think he struggles or can he still be that top five wide receiver?
1: I think he's going to get knocked down by just a smidge. I think he's going to be top ten, probably top eight. But I think that being in a new home, there will be a little bit of adjustment with Tua, mm-hmm. and plus having um, you know, he hasn't played with a weapon like Jalen Waddle before. Uh, you know, another serious dynamic wide receiver that other teams have to account for. So it's going to be a little bit of a different situation. The targets might be spread a little more. Yeah, but he had but, he had Dolphins on Kusicki, you know. He had Kelsey. Right, but you know, I don't know. I just think that it's more the adjustment than anything else. You know, being on a new team, how he's going to face that. And then plus, obviously, two is not Patrick Mahomes. So I think the big one is just the downgrading QB play more than anything else. But like, obviously, not- he, he obviously had Kelsey, but he never had like another co star at the wide receiver position for him to compete with.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, this tweet right here says it all for me. I think. I think the stars kind of uh, doesn't matter with the QB as much if you're a star player, because I mean, like it, like the tweet says, Tyler Kill was a wide receiver eight in 2017 with Alex Smith as his quarterback. Um, so, I mean, Alex Smith was decent, but was Alex Smith better than Tua? I mean, it's a it's a valid point. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I just think that the stars, your true star players, um, doesn't matter as much. I mean, a a a new a new QB for I don't know. Um, trying to think of QBs switching teams here. Um. I can't think of a a good one, but right now, I I don't know. Just I think the good stars like Devontae Adams, going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. I don't think that it's going to affect him that much because I think Adams is just that elite, elite player. So we'll go ahead and move on, though. Um, Next one is a running back.
1: Okay.
0: He was injured in his first two seasons. Mm Mm-hmm. Never top seven hundred rushing yards in the season yet.
1: Okay, first two seasons he
0: hasn't gotten over seven. Hmm. He has one hundred thirty-five targets in in two seasons total targets. Total uh, targets. He scored ten total touchdowns in his rookie season. <laughs> I don't know what year he was driving. Was this Michael Carter? No. And then yeah, he's he's been injured in his first two seasons. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. And he's on an underwhelming offensive team. Underwhelming offensive
1: team. Oh, that could describe a lot of teams. Hmm. Um God damn. <laughs> I'm gonna pinch myself why are you telling me?
0: DeAndre Swift.
1: Oh, oh my God. Yeah. You know,
0: exactly. <laughs> so he, in his first two seasons, he had 521 rushing yards in, in his rookie year. And then 617 in his sophomore year. Um, you know, everybody is, is projecting him to be a top five dynasty running back. Um, but yeah he's proven he can't stay healthy. And, uh, the offense is, is not great. I mean, can they can they sustain a top five back in the league? I mean, the
1: Lions have one of the better offensive lines in in, in football. Yeah. Um. So that's never really out of the question. And Swiss has been able to get his when he's on the field. Health is just that primary concern. So mm-hmm. uh, and he gets into the end zone. You know, ten total touchdowns despite being hurt in his first first season as as a. As a starter in the NFL. So he's clearly got the nose for the end zone as well. You know, you put all those together and you get an RB1. Mm-hmm. So as long as he stays on the field this year, and especially combined with the fact that he's only, I think, 23 or 24, mm-hmm. you now he's still got his prime ahead of him. So I, I, I get the rest of the recipes there. It's so a no matter of whether you leave it in the oven
0: too long. Yeah. So I got uh, three stats here um, on other running backs. Um, Cordell, Pat- Cordell Patterson last year in Atlanta he was a top 10 running back on the 29th ranked offense Najee Harris was a top 5 running back on the 23rd ranked offense and then Antonio Gibson was a top 10 running back off of uh, the 21st ranked offense so it's possible for running backs to do it um, that's going to be his biggest thing is can he stay? Uh, can he stay healthy like you said, I mean the offense should be a lot better with the addition of uh, Jameson Williams, DJ Shark, plus getting Hawkinson back. So, but that's his thing is he's got to stay healthy. If he doesn't stay healthy, I mean, it's not going to work. And we've seen way too much of uh, their backup. Um, oh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams the, the last two years. So, I think Swift has got the ability. I mean. There's no question he's a very one of the most talented running backs in the league. It's just a matter of staying on the field to show it. Exactly. So let's go ahead and move on here. Um, it will be a tight end. Um yeah. he has never had double digit touchdowns. Has had over a hundred targets in six of his nine seasons. Nine seasons. No, <laughs> he's only had a thousand receiving yards in one of nine seasons. Okay, he will be thirty-one at the start of the season. Oh, is this Ertz? Yep. So, I mean, uh, he he switched teams and was damn near unstoppable whenever he got to the uh, the Cardinals. He had seven point four targets per game after joining the target or after joining the, joining the Cardinals. Um, you got Hopkins suspended for the first six games. Um, you have between Christian Kirk and um, there's somebody else in there.
1: Was it Isabella who left? Andy
0: Isabella. Andy Isabella. You have one hundred and fifty six vacated targets. Um. Is it, is this something where when the Hopkins comes back he's going to kind of fade, or is this something where he can sustain? I mean, he was very good whenever he switched from Philadelphia
1: to Arizona last year. I mean, like you said, 156 vacated targets is a lot to soak up, and they're going to have to go to somebody. And Zach Ertz, I think, could be the beneficiary even more of some of those. And like you said, with Hopkins suspended for the first six games of the season, it's even more of an opportunity. Which I think basically pencils in Zach Ertz as a bona fide tight end one to you know at least begin the season because besides Hollywood Brown, mm-hmm. they're not going to have too much around Kyler Murray in terms of weapons. Uh, so I feel like that's kind of you know easy to easy to plug him in there. And even when Hopkins comes back, Zach Ertz is you know shown that he's kind of that third and short uh, safety blanket option for Kyler Murray if he needs to get you know a key first down. And he fills that role really well. But it's going to be interesting to see how much usage usage Trey McBride gets.
0: Because he was a second-round pick. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they kind of fade him in or if they just drafted him. Because usually the third year is the breakout year for the tight ends. So that will be the year that uh, I believe Ertz signed a three-year contract with him. So – That'll be the year that – Ertz's final year. Um, but I guess my my question here is, can Murray sustain three top weapons? And if you don't think so, then we know DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be one that takes the hit. Who's going to take the hit, Ertz or Marquise Brown? Right. And I think at that point, it would probably be Ernst. Yeah. So, this may be something where you draft him to be your tight end for the first six, seven weeks, and then once try to trade him um, at his peak while Hopkins is away, knowing that he's probably going to take that hit once Hopkins gets back. So... Um, moving on to our final one here. It will be another wide receiver. Um, has been a top 20 wide receiver in every season of his career. Um, has had a thousand plus yards in every season of his career. Is it Diggs? Nope. Has had eight-plus touchdowns in all but two seasons of his career and hit double digits four times. Well, this one's going to give it away here, but <laughs> finishes the top ten wide receiver in uh, each of his last two seasons. These are his last two in the top ten. Oh, Jefferson? No. Um... Currently has a Hall of Fame quarterback, the GOAT. Oh, Mike Evans. Well, Why didn't I think
1: Mike Evans
0: off the Mike Evans, yeah. God damn it. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, So, I mean, all those things that I just said, I mean, he, he's been a top 20 receiver yeah. every season of his career. He's going to be 29, so he's at the point where people start saying uh-oh. But – uh there's a lot of targets going around in Tampa Bay. Gronk's retired now, like we said previously. Godwin's probably not looking great to be starting the uh, starting the season. Antonio Brown is now gone. Um, Mike Evans is looking like the only viable target in Tampa Bay, and he's got Brady's trust. Are we looking at uh, – does he have number one wide receiver, wide receiver overall potential here? With Brady under center, you can't rule anything
1: out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, besides Russell Gage, who they, they did bring in this offseason, there's not going to be a lot else in terms of target competition, like you said, from Mike Evans. and. He's been consistently good, I think, you know, underrated a bit as well by kind of the, you know, the fantasy community just the NFL in general because he's yeah, been yeah. always been putting up good numbers even, you know, when Brady wasn't around, you know, when he had guys like Jameis under center. Um, so wide receiver one season incoming for Mike Evans, and I think he could be a top five wide receiver at the end of the
0: year. I think he's got higher upside than Justin Jefferson with uh, Kirk Cousins.
1: Uh, I think Justin Jefferson is way more of a talented wide receiver, though. So, I think that kind of
0: makes up the difference. I agree. If you're going – if you're drafting right now, do you take Devontae Adams or Mike Evans? I would still take Adams. You take Adams over him? I would. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. I mean, there's just – there's so many targets to go around, and who knows how Godwin's going to come back from this injury. So – Everything's usually wide receivers are pretty good, but I mean, who's to say he's going to come back better than he was, or even the same person he was? So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he does. And there's a little bit. I hope it doesn't get to the point where it's Mike Evans is getting double teamed, triple teamed every single uh, game. And uh, that would not be good. Yeah, because then I think I, I think. I remember something about Evans struggling whenever he's, whenever he's double teamed. And I mean, obviously, but like huge, huge difference. Whenever he's double teamed, he can't beat that double team. So. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen. And we can see a big year from Mike Evans here. So um, that is it for the game. You did pretty good. You got what? Three of them. Yeah. Three of them on it, that's two, Three. That's pretty good, man. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, our next question here. Um, how much does age affect a dynasty for you? Um Right now the whoops the age fall-off, it's 40 years old for a QB. They're usually pretty good up to the 40s. Um, running back, 27, 26, 27 is whenever they start falling off. Wide receivers – 32, 30, 30 32 uh, for the really good ones. And then tight ends, like we said on previous episodes, talk about uh, Kelsey, um, 32 years old. Um, are we fading guys like uh, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Tiger Hill, Devonta Adams, Zach those guys, in, in startups, or is it going to be something where – you know, you're gonna you're gonna still take these guys because it's still probably gonna give you another two or three years of solid production.
1: Yeah, I mean, it also depends on the direction you want to take your team in. If you're doing a, you know, if, if you're starting up a dynasty, mm-hmm. if you want to build a team that you know is gonna come in right away, put up numbers, and produce for a couple of years before they fall off, then you're gonna absolutely, you know, not take extra consideration as much. Like we just talked about Mike Evans, we know what Mike Evans is going to be able to do this year. Mike mm-hmm. Evans has been incredibly consistent. Mm-hmm. And with Brady, under for as long as Brady is under center, we know what Mike Evans is going to do. So I think for the next couple of years, as long as Brady sticks around, Mike Evans will be a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Keenan Allen, having Justin Herbert. And Keenan Allen is one of the more crisp route runners out there. And he has a nose for the end zone as well. He's always been good. Tyree kills Tyree kill. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. So I think wide receiver is less of a problem as you get a little older. Uh, as for running back, you know a guy like Kareem Hunt, that's kind of a, a weird situation for him in Cleveland. So he's a guy I'm fading. Um, yeah, you, you got Nick Chubb there. Who I mean, I just wish the Browns would give Nick Chubb all the run in the world, but they love you. They love using their secondary running backs, and it makes me mad. Um. But the wall for, like, the chart says it all, the wall for running backs just hits a lot sooner because they put a lot of more wear and tear on their bodies than some of the others yeah. in the league. So, you know, when you get to your, like, age 27 season, you know, guys like Zeke, you know, guys like Kareem Hunt who are approaching that barrier, you have to wonder just how effective they're going to be because they're, you know, on paper, you know, kind of approaching the end of their
0: prime. Do you do you take that into consideration in trades? I mean... Absolutely. You got, you got guys like Mike Evans. I mean, is he sell just because he's nearing that age, or are you willing to give, give him uh, another year or two on your team and then try to sell him if he gets past that age, but he's still being productive, or what's your – I point? think
1: for Mike Evans in this case, I think he's a prime example of a sell high
0: mm-hmm.
1: because he's going to be essentially the only weapon – for, you know, a, a chunk of the season for Tampa, depending on however long Chris Godwin is going to be out for mm-hmm. so that, you know, the volume of targets alone with Brady under center and you know, what you're going to, you know, you should be getting with Mike Evans. And so you can, you can sell people on that pretty easily. And plus he hasn't hit 38. He's still in 29. So he's going to have a couple more good years left in him, as I said earlier. So I think it, it makes the most sense to sell him unless you're making a push the playoffs or if you're getting something of equal value in return to help your team so again if you're again if you're trying to get younger he's a great sell high but if uh, in, in any other instance i would hold on to him because he's still a very very good player
0: say guys like a zackerts are you willing to take a little bit less than what you could possibly get just to get him off your team so he doesn't die on your team? Or are you still looking to get um, what he's worth out of it? So I'm somebody not going And offers I'm... you like a young rookie wide receiver and a pick. I mean a young uh, rookie tight end and a pick. Are you willing to get rid of him for that or –
1: See, that'd be, that'd be something I'm willing to – I'm actually willing to consider.
0: Okay.
1: You know, like if I was offered a decent pick and say like Trey McBride for Zach Ertz, like, you know, basically his successor, that'd be something I'm willing to entertain. You know, I could just plug in another option at tight end and then, you know, whenever Zach Ertz is gone, I, I have the next guy in line. And then plus mm-hmm. I have a draft pick that I could, you know, plug, plug into wherever where I see fit. You know, whether I want to keep that pick or trade that pick, so – I don't like letting players die, you know, not die, but you know what I mean. I don't like letting players, you know, yeah. since, you know, careers end on my team. I want to offload as, as you know, at approximately the right time and get as much value as possible. You know, like I've made a lot of trades involving Travis Kelsey this year. Where, mm-hmm. You know, Travis Kelsey is still really good, so I can get really good value for him. And then, and then, you know, whoever gets it can enjoy however many years Travis Kelsey has left but I can relax knowing I got a good deal for him and without having to worry about him, you know, you know, w- wasting away on my team when he falls off.
0: Yeah. It's it's hard because I agree with that. I agree with everything like that, what you just said, but then a guy like Kelsey, I mean, if he falls off, but he won me a championship this year and he falls off next year, I mean, yeah, it, it sucks that he's still on my team and I can't get him off my team. He kind of, his career ended on my team, but he did get me a Super Bowl. So, I mean, if I if I come across a somebody that's willing to give me what he's worth or possibly even a little bit more, um, then yeah, he, he's going to get off. But I don't know if I'm actively, if I'm a contender, I don't know if I'm actively looking to to sell him. And again, it's
1: just like you said right there, it's all about situation. If you're contending. Yep. Travis Kelce is going to be more valuable to you than someone who's looking to rebuild. Yep. So it's all about, it's all about the situation that you find your team and your roster to be in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're contending, it's almost, it's almost the point. It's, it's kind of reverse where if you're contending, um, you may buy those, buy those guys that are a little bit older that maybe only have another year or two, but are still at uh top peak performance, um, and sell off a lot of your youth. Whereas if you're build, rebuilding, you're going to be trying to get as much youth as you can selling off those guys that maybe only have a year or two left. So, but all right, let's go ahead and move on to our next, uh, next part here. Um, Fading injured players the year after injury in Dynasty. Um, we've seen it with Saquon Barkley for sure. We've seen it with uh, like Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, um, Michael Gallup. They're starting to fade a little bit. Um, but we have seen some players, a lot of players come back and be – Pretty successful. Um, Prescott came back, uh, from an ankle injury in 2020, and finished as QB7. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 2017, finished as an RB6 the next year. Um, or two years later, Cooper Cup, we all know what happened this year with him. And then Gronk, I mean, he had a season ending injury, um, back in 2013, and he had a ton of. very very productive years i think he finishes tight end one like three or four times after that so i mean how far in dynasty are you fading these players these uh players i
1: think i'm taking a discount but i'm not willing to let them you know take a free fall Mm -hmm. like you know there are a lot i've been seeing a lot of tweets and just stuff you know from and the who sort are of fading, my Saquon Barkley, of like the third round, which I think is just ridiculous. Yeah, because you know the talent and coming back, coming back off an injury, which I grant you is you know, you know, with the injury history of Barkley, but you know, it was an injury that wasn't affecting his, you know, his talent like his game-breaking ability, the way he makes people miss. It was, it was kind of a fluke injury in that game against the Cowboys. So, you know, you have to kind of take into extent the circumstances, the type of injury, the what the, the talent of the player, what they've done in the past. So, you know, if I can get like, Saquon Barkley in the second round, I'd be jumping for joy because that's a guy who can be an RB1 and I'm getting him, you know, in the second round. You know, it's not what you expect to see. You know, same thing with a lot of these other guys that come back from injury. It depends on, you know, w- what they hurt Is that something that could sap their playmaking ability? Um, Are they going to be out for a period of time this season? You know, are there any significant changes under center or, you know, the weapons around them? There's a lot of different factors you have to, you know, take into play.
0: Yeah. I think this kind of depends on uh, where you're at what direction you're going, if you're a contender or not too. Um, because so I, I did a little bit of research this week and I found out, uh, since um if I looked at 51 total uh kiwis, wide receivers, wide running backs and tight ends, um just fifty-one total. And uh out of the out of the fifty-one, six of them were rookies whenever they got hurt um for their season injuries. Season sorry, let me back up here. <laughs> so I looked at fifty-one players um who had season ending injuries at once in their career. Okay. Six of them were rookies whenever that happened. Um, out of the other 45, only 15 of them finished better in fantasy in the next, uh, in one of the next three years following that injury. Four QBs, five running backs, four wide receivers, and two tight ends. Um, so looking at that, I think in a redraft or if I'm contending, I'm. Probably gonna stick away, stay away from these guys, just because. I mean, they it takes them a year or two to, to get back to the way they were. But if I'm sitting in dynasty and I'm rebuilding and I can afford to wait that year or two, I mean, these guys, you're getting a lot of these guys at a huge discount right now. Um, so, I mean, Travis Etienne, we haven't ever even seen him play a snap. And you're getting him for next to nothing right now, um, so it's definitely something that you can take a take a look at. Um, like I said, don't do it if you're if you're in a uh, you're competing for a championship. But it's definitely something to look at if you're trying to rebuild your team. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and do our last um, last part here. What the hell? our trade segment here. Best part of the show. (laughs) All right. Thoughts on this trade Uh, that got approved one QB PPR, 12 team league D Johnson is Deontay Johnson. So you get Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes for Deontay Johnson, Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, Mike Pittman, Van Jefferson, 2022 first, 2022 second, 2023, the first, 2023 second, 2024
1: first, 2024 second. I'll happily collect those picks and players and be on my merry way. Thank you very much. Yep. Sweet Jesus. We talked about Kelsey before. I'm happy to, you know, offload him before he hits the wall. We know what Patrick Mahomes can do, but you're getting a a QB who's almost as good. You know, it's not much of a downgrade. Joe Burrow is very, very talented. Um, there needs Deontay, to be... Deontay Johnson wide receiver one Michael Pittman you know at least the wide receiver two mm-hmm. you get a couple dart throws in Love and Jefferson nothing <laughs> wrong with that and then you get three first round picks and three second round picks mm-hmm. uh, it's quite a haul <laughs> give me that to, every uh, day of need, the week talk about need... an over- that's an overpay for that Chiefs stack
0: yes there needs to be more laugh emojis In the bottom left hand corner of this screen here.
1: Yes, 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 yes,
0: yes, yes, there does. Whoever got Mahomes just got fleeced.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I hope you sleep well at night after that one, pal.
0: Yes, big time. I mean, like I said, Joe Burrow is probably Dynasty quarterback four, five.
1: Yeah, I mean, after Allen, after Mahomes, after Herbert, I mean, it's kind of – you toss up between him and Lamar, honestly, so QB4 QB5.
0: Yeah, so you're going from QB2 to QB5, we'll say. You're getting a very good Deontay Johnson, a very good Michael Pittman, and then you have three probably going to be high draft picks in 2022 for sure. 20, or 2023 for sure because they're getting rid of freaking everybody on their team so very very good for the person that got the stack here that's no question so trade number two here um, there was no it's just PPR Dynasty Superflex um, Joe Burrow Saquon Barkley 2023 second 2023 third and another 2023 third for Josh Allen and Alvin Kamara <laughs>
1: Burrow, Barkley and a bunch of middle picks for Allen and Kamara.
0: Yep. That's interesting. Did
1: you say what type of league this was again?
0: Uh PPR dynasty superflex. Oh, okay.
1: I think it's close, but again, we talked about this before. I'll take the uh the player and pick side. Um again, not much of a drop off from Allen to Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Saquon's younger than Kamara. Kamara's going to be facing, and especially now knowing that Kamara's going to be facing a suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Saquon as a bounce back guy this year. And then getting a few picks, you know, where you can you know, have a chance of getting some quality players is always a good thing. So I will take that first side easy.
0: I agree. I don't, like you said, the fall off between Burrow and Allen is not huge. Um, say Kamara was not Facing the suspension, does that change the opinion at all?
1: Uh, I mean, there's probably, um, you know, Kamara's more talented than Barkley, I would say, but Barkley's also two years younger. I think he's going to have a little more, a little more, uh, he's got more ahead of him in his career, on paper mm-hmm. at least. Whereas mm-hmm. Kamara is 27, he's approaching that age where he could tail off. Mm-hmm. So I, I take that, like we started talking about before, I take age into consideration, especially for a dynasty trade like this.
0: One more question. Do you think Barkley, because it's PPR, do you think Barkley is going to receive the kind of targets that Kamara usually receives?
1: I can see it, especially this year. The, the, the Giants have been lining up Barkley all over the place in training camp. You know, They've been lining him up at out, They've been utilizing him in screen passes. and. All different ways trying to catch the ball, and they said that they've been wanting to do that more for him because yeah. he was brutally mismanaged by Jason Garrett the past couple of seasons. Oh so yeah, it's big time. Gable and Mike Kafka want to get him way more involved than it has in the past.
0: That's good, man. We're looking at—I mean, Barkley was the greatest prospect like since Adrian Peterson. <laughs> so hopefully, he's got all the talent in the world, man. I mean, he's—you're probably. Looking at a top two talent-wise running back in Saquon Barkley, I think probably just Jonathan Taylor is the only one that kind of rivals him a little bit as far as talent goes. So, hopefully hopefully they just use him and he explodes, man. I'm, I'm pulling for him. I think he's about to have a huge breakout year. So, give me the Borough of Barkley side all day long. So... Then trade number three here: James Conner, Terry McLaurin, and a the one-one this year for Kyle wow. and Jamar Chase. Ooh, <laughs> this one's big. <laughs> so it's it's pretty much James Conner, Terry McLaurin, and Brees Hall for Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase. <laughs> Who you got? Pitts and Chase. <laughs> I think I do, too. Because you're,
1: uh, you know, depending on how you feel about Justin Jefferson, you're essentially getting the number one player in Dynasty at the wide receiver and tight end positions. Yes. And obviously, Brees Hall is great, um, but he's, we don't know how he's going to start out. Running back's going to be iffy. We don't know if he's going to split with Carter right away or not. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, you got, eh, you know, he's never been given a good quarterback, and he can be, you know, a bit of a struggle on a week to week basis. And James Connors and you know, a nice RB right now, but he's getting a little older as well. And I like to err on age, and these guys are really young and already incredibly talented, mm-hmm. and put in good situations. Pitts just for volume, if nothing else, mm-hmm. playing from behind the line in Atlanta. And Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. We saw what he and Burrow did last year, and that was just special.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of think that. Uh... I am here. I am here. And is getting fleeced here a little bit. I mean, uh, looking at it, it's it seems like a d- good deal, but then when you break it down, I mean, there's no other player in the league right now like Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's he's pretty much a wide receiver lining up as a tight end. Um, and then Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in the league right now, so and he's got the Joe Burrow, uh throwing it to him for his entire career, if they want. So, Connor has a lot of upside, being the only running back in Arizona right now, but I still think this is a close trade. Give me Pitts and Chase all all day long. So, but uh, that will do it for us. Um, Just want to take a quick minute here um, and mention the other – um podcast that's on our that the fantasy coaches put on. Um coach Steve runs it. Uh they got a lot of good stuff on um on that podcast you guys want to check out. They did it they had a special guest uh Bob Long last uh last podcast that they did a couple days ago. Um if you guys don't know him he's the one that does the fantasy football expo um kind of like a party after the draft uh draft week It's like a week-long draft party, Um, but he's got a lot of good knowledge and they just had him on, so definitely check that out. And then uh, our team article this week is current ADP values that we love. Um, We're also working on the current ADP values that we're not so much in love with, so uh, make sure you guys check that out and uh, all the other good content that we have on that site. Um, But... That's all I got. Hope everybody has a good week. Stay safe. We'll
1: catch you next week, guys.
0: The back is not far fed we got a couple of clock hands, I've been feeling super duper, how the heck they know the future, come with me, don't be a loser,
1: grass is green like pooper scoopers, clueless analysts don't do the half of this, in fact I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act, internet shh, like boom, running like zoom, the highest and mightiest has entered the room, high off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. all players covered, it's nuts, it's legumes, opponents are doomed, and these are the facts, I keep it 100 like I'm running track, I listen up, Jack, i am head back, back to the blowin' up, blowin' up, blowin' that go